Welcome to My Two Cents with Keith Beggs from Steadfast Wealth Strategies. In this podcast, we show high-level executives and business owners why comprehensive financial planning and executive bonus structures don't have to be too good to be true. Keith draws on his experience in realistic financial planning, and expert guests share his two cents about academically-based financial planning that you have to hear to believe. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the My Two Cents podcast with Keith Beggs of Steadfast Wealth Strategies. I'm Patrice Sikora, and this is the inaugural episode of Keith's series. It's always one of my favorites because in it, we learn more about Keith from Keith. And of course, the best place to start is usually the beginning. So Keith, how did you get into this line of work in the first place and why? Great. Well, hey, Patrice, how are you? I got into financial services. It was really the second job I had out of college. I first started in logistics and then I moved over to the financial service industry, mainly because I'm a numbers person. I like black and white. College, I always struggled when people could interpret my work, right? I never liked a bunch of interpretation into what I was doing. Um, I wanted something to be right and something to be wrong. And I feel um, with math, you get a lot of that. So that's kind of one of the reasons I got in the financial services industry. Secondly, you just get to meet so many different people from so many different backgrounds. I am a people person. I love to talk. I love to talk to people, have conversations. And one of the joys of this industry is just hearing about how so many people have become successful and there's so many different lines of work that are out there in this country to be successful in and hearing people talk about the ideas that they've had or just their, their career paths and what they've done has, uh, has always been a joy that's kind of really tied me and kept me in this industry. That is great. Are there people in particular that you feel you have a, a special affinity for? Do you have a specialty? We get that question a lot. And, and I think it's most people really want to define a, a specialty or a niche, right? Because things can get so broad. I have found for us, the niche is more the personality of the client than the industry or the, or the financing itself. I believe finance works the same for everybody. Right? I don't think math works differently for one person than another. So I, I found for us, our niche, you might say, is, is people that are more on the educational side. They're eager to learn. We love people that ask questions. Our goal is never to talk above our clients or over our clients and, and, and try to get them in a position of fear to where they just want blind trust and they just they feel like they can't handle any of this. Our approach is to teach them that they can handle all this and it's important that they do understand it because they're the ones that are going to have to live it out right on a day-to-day -day basis. They're going to meet with us quarterly or annually or biannually, whatever you want to say, but they're going to have to live out these decisions. And so they really need to be eager to learn and understand these things for us to be a good fit is what, is what we have found. So your ideal client includes somebody who really wants to learn from you. How do you educate them? Yeah, well, there's pre-COVID education, right? Now that's kind of where we are doing now, right? We did a lot of educational events. We were actually teaching retirement courses at the local community colleges here in the Houston and West Houston, Katy area. That's kind of been put on hold since we haven't been able to get on campus. That's one of the reasons, Patrice, we're really starting this podcast. We're looking for other ways to get important information to our clients in a timely manner, but on their schedule. Everyone's schedule is different, whether they have young kids or their work schedule or different things. And so we definitely want to get back to the events and we will, um, as we know, we'll, we'll get back to those. Um, but this podcast is another way that we're doing that. Yeah. We have a lot of other campaigns that we, and information through email and social media and different ways that we try to get information to our clients. 
so that they can then make the best decisions uh, for themselves. Yeah, COVID certainly has thrown a wrench into a lot of plans. It has. It, re- it really has. We, we've, we've had to greatly shift how we reach out to people during this process. I think it was tough at first, but I think in the long run, we have a way better business structure and manner to educate and be a part of our clients' lives. We're still going to go back and do the things we were doing. We've just now developed more mediums and more opportunities to reach clients on, on, on their level with the best way that they want to receive information. All right. So you've reached your clients. What do you do for them? Yeah. Everyone will say we do financial planning, right? Well, you know, we kind of mentioned this already, but we do education. Um, we're an education-based firm. We're going to teach them about how, how financing works, the academics behind it. And then we're going to, I mean, obviously, I don't want to say push them, but direct them in ways that we think are the most efficient and, and best ways to accomplish their goals. I have found in this industry from talking to people that most of them want the most efficient or easiest way to the solution. A lot of financial advisors were in this industry, they, they always want to have a, a scheme. I don't want to say scheme, that's a bad word, but they have something that's, that's better, right? a better mousetrap or something you know, different, and it's going to be beat what everyone else is. I typically just don't believe that's true. So we want to just teach them about efficiency, really defining their goals. Right? I mean, goal definition is, is a huge part of this. One of the hardest things to do is to save money if you don't know what you're saving money for. If you're just putting money in a savings account, but there's no plan for that money, yeah. something's going to come up and you're probably going to borrow against it. That's a good point. Because it, it really doesn't have a plan. So really defining goals and, and so that they have that pot at the end of the, of the rainbow, right? And they know what they're working towards and it makes it easier to do, to, to do the things along the way to get there if they know what the reward will be when they get there. So educate them, really help them define their goals and then um, establish an efficient manner to get there. A lot of times we say it's not what you make, it's what you keep, right? So just helping them figure out the efficiencies to get there so we don't always have to take the huge roller coaster rides that you, that you hear about in the market. In these days of, of uh, COVID, things like we were just mentioning before have really changed. So how do you acquire new clients now? There's a number of ways we do that. Obviously, uh, word of mouth is always a great way to acquire new clients, right? I mean, that's that's always the best for twofold. One, that means that the people that you're already talking to enjoy, enjoy talking to you. And so that's, that's been great. We've continued to do workshops. We do a lot of things on social media. We're a part of what's called the American Retirement Institute that helps us teach classes or do education events, either online or, or in classroom style events. So those have been, those have probably been our biggest ways right now. We've also partnered with a company called a retirement architecture who does TV commercials on Fox news and Fox business. And they have asked us to be their representatives here in the West Houston area. And so then we help people that have, they've watched some commercials. They've seen some things out there that have interested them. And then um, we are the, the representative or the advisor who can then help them take ideas that they see in that 30 second or one minute commercial and, and make them real for them. Keith, what designations do you have? Uh, so I am uh, licensed, a state insurance licensed here in Texas, and then I have a Series 65, which is a fiduciary designation. Fiduciary just in the state of Texas, really in, in the USA, is just the highest level of um, client service or responsibility to the client. So it just kind of takes some of the other designations and just ups the responsibility. We have a responsibility to not only do what we think is best for the client, and that may be an annuity or a life insurance policy or a mutual fund. It really doesn't matter. But then inside of that, find one, the one of those 
that best meets their needs, right? There are thousands of different mutual funds. There's thousands of different life insurance policies and different things. So it just is that extra level, layer of, of client protection and that we're not only deciding that they need an insurance policy or a mutual fund, but then inside that we're finding the one that best meets their needs. Do you have a, a basic business philosophy? I mean, here we're talking about your clients and how you educate them, but what about your business and going forward? Where, where, where's your head in that? Efficiency. Everything we do at Steadfast for our clients and as a business is based on efficiency. We don't want wasted time. We don't want wasted money for ourselves or for our clients. The more efficiently we run our business, the better service at a, at a better price or better price is, I guess, a good word uh, that we can deliver to our clients. And the more efficient our clients are with their financing, the faster they'll get to their, their destination with the least amount of risk and least amount of leakage were, were mistakes. So we really pride ourselves on being a very efficient firm, both internally and externally for the people that we help. Do you get out into the community at all? We do, primarily uh, personally through our church. And then our business, um, we were doing with the educational courses that we were teaching at, at the university. So it was a great way for us to get out and meet people. We just moved, my wife and I, and I, I guess my wife and I are kids, we just moved to Town Lake which is on the west side. We had lived in the Heights, which was about 20, 30 minutes away from the community that our, that our office is in. That move was done into May. Haven't really found our gripping with that again because you know, COVID's kind of affected some of that outreach and ways to get involved in the community. Yeah, but yeah. Um, we have two young children. And so we're, the community involvement is something that and, and through our church and through other avenues that we, that we definitely want to be more part of. Well, with two young kids, you'll definitely be getting involved. As you right. said, again, COVID has made things so different these days. When you're not working, what do you do for fun? Yeah, so my personal hobby is golf. I, I just love I love to play golf. I love to get out with with my friends and uh, just be outside. My wife doesn't understand how I can play so much <laughs> golf and not be any better. And, and I'm sure there's going to be some people that are listening to this that probably uh, that probably understand that as well. It just amazes her how much time I spend doing that, and then I my progress is not where where we want it to be, but. Golf, travel. My wife and I would definitely love to travel. Family, my, uh, my family's up in the North Dallas area. Uh, we still have a very close family. We do a lot of stuff with them. And then, as I mentioned, I have a, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So we're about to start soccer, our first soccer league. So kids and kids' events are going to be a big part of that. And then uh, church. We haven't been since probably February because of what's going on. And that's, yeah. that's been a big hole in our in our lives this year. And it's something that we've kind of really noticed that we're missing, but activities through the church, whether it's community service or getting together, cookouts and different things is, has always been a big, a big part of our family and um, something that we're really eager to get back to. That sounds great. Do you have a hero, Keith? Growing up, I would have told you Michael Jordan, right? <laughs> Probably with about every other kid that's my age and I'm in my late thirties. Right. But now that I've started a family, um, my hero has really shifted to uh, my grandpa. Uh, his, his name was uh, Dub, or his, his middle name was Warren, and he went by Dub for W. But he had four kids, and uh, just a close-knit family that he built. And we just got back a couple weeks ago from a family reunion with that side of the family, and there were 20, I think, great-grandchildren. Whoa. And, about and all 12 cousins were there. And you know, just that my grandparents on that side have been passed away for about five or six years, but just the, the close knit of that family and how it's stayed that way, even without him. And that was all because he, he built that, he, you know, he built that family foundation. He built that closeness 
And um, that's been carried on through my mom and my dad and, you know, and, and her siblings and all the way down to the grandkids and now the great grandkids. Wow. And when I think about where I want to be in 20, 30 years, I don't know if patriarch is the right word, right? But I want to be on a rocking chair and seeing all that go on around me and me and my wife sitting there and being like, you know, we, we helped build this. You know, we, we were a part of this and that that's kind of really where my mindset is in, in terms of a hero now these days. Well, that brings me into my next question. What is your idea of success? Obviously family plays a big role here, but what else? Yeah. So for me, success is defined by our clients. I can't define success. They, they're going to have to define it in terms of their goals. Um, our success is our clients reaching and attaining whatever objectives financially and otherwise that we can be a part of. So uh, our clients define our success. If they are achieving their goals, then we have then achieved ours because our objective is to help them achieve their financial goals, whether it's that getting their kids through college, whether that's retiring at a certain age. You know, one thing that we really have been pushing a lot of our clients to do is think about giving more money away while they're alive. It's great to have a big of an inheritance that you can pass on at death, but then you're not a part of it. And most of the people, if you have a cause that you really care about, you want to see that cause lived out and see the benefit mm-hmm. of that cause. So helping our clients to find, you know, those type of things and giving them avenues to do that and, and then seeing them do that. And then really biggest success is word of mouth. People telling us that we're getting an email from a client saying our, our kid just graduated college and we're not bankrupt. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Right. <laughs> or, you know, we were able to just be a part of a huge event that we got to throw for this charity or for our church. And we would have never thought we could do that, which those type of things are, are really what defines our success at a business as a business level. Obviously, look, we are for profit we're, we need to make money and we, we have financial goals um, here, but those are only achievable by the success of our clients. Absolutely. Well, if you were successful and you had all the money in the world, what would you do, Keith Beggs? I'd probably be doing the same thing, but I might just stay at nicer hotels. (laughs) 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 Right? I I love the life that we've been able to build and and what we're doing. I I don't really see myself doing anything else. I mean, we might get bigger. I don't know how big of a business I want to run at some point then you become running a business and not meeting with people. But, but I truly think that, that we're living our dream right now. We were just moving to a beautiful community. We have great friends. We have healthy kids. Uh, we have a close-knit family. I might join a couple more country clubs, right? If I had to all play a little more golf, huh? Play a little yeah, more golf. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> have nicer, get newer clubs or fancier clothes maybe here and there. But for the most part, I think, I think we're living it out. I think we are really happy and, and very blessed to be doing what we're doing and the opportunities that have been given to us and open to us. And with everything going on in the world right now, I, I can't think of a better picture or scenario for us than what, than what kind of where we are. Nice. Yeah. Is there one thing that you recommend most to clients, family, or friends? When it comes to financial, I, I just say start. Start mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I, I often use like the ostrich analogy for a lot of people and that they just kind of put their heads in the sand and they think if I don't know all the numbers or if I don't know everything that I can't be held responsible for this where I'm at because I never knew. Right. Really? And so that's a common approach. And so they're scared to look at the numbers They're scared to, they're scared to see where they are because they never think they're going to have enough and they never think they've done well enough. And for 90% of the people out there, they're going to be okay. They've got it. They've got to maybe make a few changes here or there, but the relief that they get from just 
starting the process and looking at it and opening their eyes to it way outweighs the few little difficulties or maybe the changes that they have to make financially because it's just a huge stress relief to know that they can get to where they want to go, that their goals are achievable. I think living with the stress of not knowing is way worse than the few financial changes that they may make because those are usually easy to make once they see that they're going to have everything they've been trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So I would just tell people, start. Just start early. The more time you have, you talk to any financial professional, time is your friend in, in the financial world. The more time you have, the more you can accomplish. The, the market needs time, right? The, that's, that's the main thing you need. And so just get started. And, and second on that is just make sure that everything you do is not concrete, right? Because Explain you're going to have life changes. You, you know, you can't make a retirement plan at 40 and it be concrete and not be fluid because what if you would not have put, you know, there, I saw a meme the other day, no one had the, what are you going to be doing in five years, right? Back in 2015, right? Well, where are you going to be in five years or something? You know, I'm messing it up a little bit because of what we're going on. So it's got to have fluidity. Your kids may decide not to go to a four-year college. They may decide to go for an eight-year degree or health has a lot to play in these type of things. And so don't, don't think you're just going to be do one thing and then just, it's, it's going to all work out. You have to be fluid. You have to give yourself flexibility because life is flexible, right? Yeah. Life is flexible. Do you have a mantra or something you say to yourself every day to stay on track, keep yourself focused? Yeah. I mean, I had my wife make me a bracelet last year for Christmas that just says, stay humble, always stay humble and kind. Being an entrepreneur, you have very, very high highs and you have very, very low lows. Yeah. And sometimes when you're on the real highs, it's hard to stay humble. You think you got it all figured out, right? But now God and, you know, he can always help you with that, <laughs> right? But just to stay humble and kind, you know, I just think is a, is a great mantra. And I think it'll just, it'll really help me. I want to have extremely successful business. I want to really help clients and I want to be humble through that process and know that I'm not the one doing it all. There's a lot of help involved in that through faith and through other avenues. And so just to stay humble and kind to people as you work through this, I think it's just kind of something we try to live by. I really like that. I really like that. Humble and kind. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Here's something for you. Tell me one thing most people don't know about you. And be um, honest here. Be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell you, I was very, very close to becoming a professional baseball umpire. Really? Um, yeah. I, uh, I umpired baseball all through high school. And in college, I was a high school umpire. And I loved it. And I was in logistics. And I got out of logistics. And I'd signed up to go to Kissimmee, Florida, to professional umpiring school. I about, um, mm -hmm. did the test and everything and was close to going. And I got called by a headhunter. And... Uh, reached out to me about, you know, getting in the financial service industry and I was interested and I went and, you know, did the interview and I really liked the people at the company at, at that time. And I chickened out on going to oh, Florida and doing wow. umpiring school. Look, it's been a great decision. I met my wife after that, you know, everything has worked out, but yeah, I was really close to doing that. And um, I think it would have been a lot of fun. Always love baseball. It's a and, tough uh, profession though. It's tough. It is. It can be, but uh, you only work when you're behind the plate. The rest of the time, you just stand out there, right? You know, it's, 
the hardest work is when you're behind the plate in, in the in the summer. When doing when I was doing little league, you would do six seven games a day. Yeah. You know, and, and those little league parks are all concrete, right? And it's concrete and dirt. So I, I went through the heat. I I, I remember yeah. the heat of it. And so by the time you get to the pro level, you get a lot of benefit, a lot of benefits. <laughs> so, but yeah, I was really close. I'd actually paid the the fee and everything, and then walked on it. So wow. uh, for me, I think that would be be something that probably most people don't know about me. I would never have guessed that. Never. I mean, I had <laughs> talked to people and said, "Oh, I almost was a a pro a pro ball player, but never yeah. an umpire." Great. All right, Keith. What is your proudest achievement? You can say your kids. Right. <laughs> no, uh, it could be our kids. We, my wife and I, um, had struggled with pregnancy, so it took us four years and a lot mm. of money to have kids. So we had to do the in vitro process and um, a lot of things. So. Mm. Having two healthy kids right now is a it is a pretty big achievement. Having two more frozen somewhere in Houston right now is an, is another achievement that um wow. you know that will be happening. But you know, I, I would say steadfast. You know, if I was going to take it outside of the you know the typical children answer, I, I would say this company. Uh, I'll stay humble with it, but starting a business is is a tough decision and a, is a was a big decision to make. And I just am extremely proud of what my wife and I have built and. She's never worked for Steadfast, but obviously, as you probably know, being a spouse of someone, she's always worked for Steadfast, mm -hmm. right? I mean, mm -hmm. when when you quit a job that I had and making good money, and we find out you're that in vitro, we had just paid for all the in vitro. We found out at work, and I quit my job in the same week. So <laughs> supporting me through all that, it took our, it took quite a bit of our savings to pay for all of that, mm -hmm. and so um, to still allow me this opportunity, you know, that was that was great on her part. So she's definitely been a part of it, but. To see where we've gotten over the last five years, almost five years, and to see where we're going, if I was going to take it out of the, the family realm, I'm extremely proud of what we built here. I'm extremely proud of where we're going with this company, and I'm extremely proud of the families that we've met and that we've helped and, and, the, and watching them and what, you know, what they've been able to accomplish. Um, us helping them is helping them help other people. Right. The majority of I mean, people that we work with and help with and I would say the majority of people out there are good people that help other people and, the, and we can help them make more money then we give them more money to put towards their goals. Or maybe it's time, maybe by not having to work so much on their finances, they have more time to help out. So through steadfast, I think we're having a huge impact all over this community in terms of adding a, a benefit, either a financial benefit or a time benefit to help other families. Right. Right. All right. You have the attention of lots of listeners right now. Who do you hope, is going to listen to this podcast who should listen to this podcast man that's a that's a really good question and i don't i don't think i really had that defined when i started to do this first i was thinking it was it was going to be for our clients and and, and as an educational uh, format there's a lot of noise out there now there's a lot of avenues to get information there's a lot of people that have it's very easy to have a platform anymore so i really want this to be a very straightforward educational type of, of, of podcast um, or medium, as you might say. I want people to come here that are looking for academic or, or educational backed information. I don't want this full of just a ton of just opinions. Opinions can be great, but I really want this to be academic and educational based for people. I would say obviously families but I really hope people put their, let their kids listen to it. I really hope we get a younger demographic. I think financial education is a huge missing point in our education system from elementary school 
through college that nothing is really taught about personal finance. And I, I think there's a huge hole in that. I think that's a, the reason a lot of people have a lot of maybe failures or missteps along the way. And so I, I think business owners would be a great thing, but I'm really hoping that we get people's kids on here and that we can start really having a huge impact on the next generation and helping them achieve their financial goals. And, you know, everyone says not make the same mistakes that we did, but I, I think that'd be awesome. I would love to hear about people telling me that, you know, we listen to it with our kids in the car and, you know, it's a great way for us to teach them about finances. We don't want to talk over people's heads. We want to make this as easy to understand for everybody. I'm kind of rambling here a little bit, but I'll tell you, I don't think finance is too hard for anyone to understand. I think execution can be very difficult, right? I think that's the value that we bring as a company is helping people execute the philosophy or the education or the, you know, the what they're trying to accomplish. But I, I don't want anyone to ever think that they can't understand this and they just have to trust us. They definitely need to understand what's going on. This is their money. This is their livelihood. Where we come in is, okay, that's great, but how do I execute this, right? There's 22,000 mutual funds out there. There's thousands of insurance companies. There's all these different things. I have a full-time job. I have three kids or two, you know, I'm doing like, how do I need you to help me execute it? We, that's kind of what we want to be. We want to be the executioner or the people that execute the philosophy for our clients, but something that they understand and that they're still involved in. And how can people reach you? We have a website. It is uh, www.steadfastws.com. That's steadfastws for wealthstrategies.com. They can email me. It's Keith at steadfastws.com. Uh, where they can give me your call, 832-506-9034. Keith, thanks so much. Very informative. Thank you. Keith Beggs of Steadfast Wealth Strategies. To subscribe to all upcoming episodes of Keith's podcast, My Two Cents, use the subscribe button on this page. And to share, there is the handy share button. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to My Two Cents with Keith Beggs. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All securities discussed are offered and provided through Steadfast Financial Planning, LLC. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Steadfast Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor and or qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This podcast is not intended to provide specific investment, financial planning, tax, or legal advice. It is intended for educational purposes only. Please consult your tax advisor, financial advisor, or legal professional for specific advice on your specific situation.